Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clements and if you need some new cycling kit, make sure you head to map.cc. As I mentioned on uh, last week's intro, they've got a heap of new bold, new seasonal colours on their site uh, and they've got their new uh, nicks up there as well. So if you need some new cycling kit, make sure you head to map.cc. Today on the show, we uh, caught up with Caleb Ewan. On. We're talking on the Thursday, the 25th, um, so the week, almost the weekend after Milan-San Remo, where he came a painful second. Unbelievable form he showed up. The Poggio is in perfect posse. He's one of the strongest guys over the climb and also the fastest guy over the climb. But he came just short again of Jasper Stuyven who uh, took his first Milan-San Remo in an opportunistic move. If you haven't seen the race, I'd highly recommend you watching the last 15 Ks. The run-in, the climb itself, the downhill in the final, it's its its spectacular. Caleb, in this pod, we talked to him. He just takes through play-by-play of the race. Um, everything from him pulling out sick at Torino, what actually happened there, what was going on in his build-up, uh, the entry to... Oh, actually, being in the second split up the second last climb into being in perfect posse into the final climb, um, hitting that downhill, and then just how he played that last last three or four kilometers where there was two guys up the road, he was isolated, everyone else was isolated, and it was a, uh, a game of cat and mouse to the finish line. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, as always, it goes much appreciated. If you could just leave a review on the iTunes store, uh, share it with a friend, or share this on social media. Thanks again. Welcome to welcome back to the podcast, Caleb Ewan. First of all, congrats off the top. On a, I imagine for you, it's like a, a somewhat of a disappointing end result, frustrating, furiating result but like all in all the the Poggio climb everything like it was out of control yeah I I yeah the, the result is disappointing but I am happy with uh, with my performance and I in the end like I did everything I everything I could um and in racing like yeah I mean there's always stuff that that's out of your control it doesn't matter how good you're going so, uh, yeah, yeah, like I'm happy with my performance, but obviously it would have been nice to, nice to win. Does it do your head in a little bit, like second again? Yeah, it's so frustrating. And, you know, it's not like, a, it's not like a stage race where you get like another chance. Like, you know, if you, if you lose the first stage of the tour, for example, you know, you know, there's going to be like, all right, I've still got like five more chances or something. One day race is more frustrating. It's like, damn, I have to wait like another year. To, to try again and and you've just put in like 300k to get to that that point in the race yeah exactly you've been like on the bike for almost seven hours by that point so yeah it's frustrating but how was um, much I could have done how was your health heading into it you obviously put out of Torino a little bit sick mm. uh well so well, I'll give you my story of what happened so I was going really good, like in training, like I knew I was going good, um, especially on like the, the small climbs like that. Um, so I was confident that when San Remo came around, I'd be good. And then, you know, without down under, and I think Valencia was my first race that got cancelled. So the only race I'd done is UAE. 
then I had Torino and then San Remo. So I kind of thought like I needed Torino um, just like build my form a little bit more to get like kind of that race resilience. Um, but like a few days out from, from Torino, I started getting like cramping pain in my stomach. My legs were fine, but it's just like my stomach was sore and my appetite was fine. And, you know, I, like I wasn't sick, like anywhere else, just like, just a just a sore stomach. Um, and then it just kind of like, I started the race and it was still bad. And then like every day it was just getting like worse and worse. Um, and then, yeah, in the end I got like an ultrasound in my stomach and I had like a blocked intestine. So I had to like, obviously like unblock it. And then like, after I did that, I just felt like I had no energy left. So that was the day that you saw me pull out in Torino. Like I just, like, I just felt like I had nothing. So then I just thought, all right, it's probably better to, to pull out than keep pushing through it because we were only a week away from San Remo. And I knew like if I came back to good health that I'd have a good chance of, you know, being good there. So I just, yeah, pulled out of the race and then tried to recover. I had like a few days off and just tried to recover. Um, you know, I still wasn't feeling that good on the Monday, still wasn't feeling that good on the Tuesday. And still on the Wednesday, I was kind of coming back, but I wasn't like feeling as good as I hoped. Um, but then I still had like two days of, because I had like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like a training block. And then Thursday and Friday, I had easy again um, before the race. So I knew all right, like I wasn't feeling as good as I wanted to on Wednesday, but at least like I'll, I'll you know, have a few more days of recovery. And then hopefully by the Saturday, I feel good. And yeah, in the end, it worked out well. And I think I came back to like 100% health on, on the day. So you had a blocked intestine? Yeah. What on earth? How does that happen? I don't know, actually. And how do they unblock it? Well, I mean, gets washed out. Yeah. Through some like, it's like like laxative kind of thing (laughs) to wash it out. I don't want to go into too much detail. (laughs) Were you um, like stressing? Because obviously you're in good nick and you're going into the week of the race, not feeling 100%. A little bit, but. Oh, you know, when things are really like out of my control like that, I don't stress too much because it's out of my control. It doesn't matter how much I stress about it. It's not going to make itself any better. So, um, I was pretty relaxed to be honest. I knew you just need to like stay relaxed. I knew my legs were good. So I knew just like, as long as my energy came back, I'll, I'll be all right. Had like special diet and everything to like, try to get my, like my intestines, like back to, to normal and, um my stomach back to normal so you know i had like i did like everything i could to to recover and yeah i knew i still had a week to recover so usually when when you have a stomach problem like that you it doesn't last too long so i knew like everything went well that i'd be kind of back to back to normal what were you doing in the lead up because obviously uh last year last year you were quick but struggling a bit climbing wise, whereas like you were hooking up the Poggio. Yeah. Like last year's a bad example because like, I think like to explain it, my natural talent is my sprint. So I don't have to train it so much. Like the thing I have to train for the most is getting through like a grand tour or getting through the 300 kilometers of the race and San Remo and getting up the climbs. The sprint part is like my natural talent. Like that's what I'm good at. So I don't have to work on it so much. And I think last year 
what happened was I started the year really good. Then we went into lockdown where I lived in Monaco. So we weren't allowed out of the apartment. So obviously I couldn't really train outside. I didn't even know when we were going to start racing again. So I wasn't that motivated to do like a whole pile on the, on Zwift or whatever. So I was kind of, I didn't do much for two months. So I basically almost had two months off in the middle mm. of the season. Then it was like, all right, racing's going to start again. We had like two months to prepare. And I think I just never came back to like my good self. I was just all right, but not great. And yeah. I was always struggling on the climbs. Um, There's a few things last year, like changed my position a bit when I was in lockdown because I, feel, I think I felt like a bit different when I was on the ergo compared to like on the road. So I thought my position needs to be changed. I changed it and then I don't think it was good. I think my seat was like too low. So now like a little thing, like my seat, I think is like more than a centimeter higher now than it was last year during the tour. And I think like that, that doesn't sound like much, but it makes a massive difference on your legs. Um, so I think it was like a few things last year that, that made me go pretty bad on the climbs because generally like I'm all right on the climbs anyway, but last year I was just terrible. And then I think like having like that race block again, just kind of like built my form up. I had like normal off season and then I started training really well again. Um, and like always, like my first big goal of the year is San Remo. Um, so I knew I had to be good at like five minute, um, power and 10 minute power to get over the Tresser and Poggio. So I worked a lot on that. Um, I even did things like, I when mean, I went to the Poggio, like I went to the Poggio and Tresser and did like race pace up them. I even did things like on the Poggio, I would ride like a really hard tempo till the steep part where they attack and then just like attack myself um, in training and like things like that. So I really went into like a lot of detail to make sure that I could do everything possible to make sure I'm there at the top because that was the part I always struggled on. I usually got to the Poggio, but once it got got to the steep part, like a kilometer from the top, when they attack, I never could follow. And like, I, I could never like accelerate again. I could just hold kind of the same tempo to the top. So um, I really did a lot of specific training to like make sure I could follow the moves. And um, yeah, in the end, it paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Who, who are you going down? How far is the Poggio from your house? Oh, it's like... I think, like, if I do a ride from my place to, like, Trapeza, Poggio, back, it's, like, three and a half, four hours. Yeah. And how many times have you gone down and doing these sessions? Mm, not that many times, but just, like, kind of leading up to the race, I'll do it. Like, probably, yeah. like, know, five times or something. But, like, up and down the Poggio. Like, I wouldn't just, like, do it once. So, you yeah. just, like, go and do, like, repeats. Yeah. Nice. So when you get to the when you get there, you're like, all right, you, you know, like how you feel on the climb and and all that kind of stuff, and you know exactly, like I knew exactly when they were going to attack, and just kind of like pumped myself up and got ready for it. Let's let's talk about the the running into the pod jail. It was pretty messy. Um, there was people going everywhere. But you had a couple of boys around you. Pretty good little team structure there. Um, and then we just hit the pod jail, and all of a sudden Caleb Ewan's in fourth wheel just sitting on the Ineos training perfect posse yeah well I mean if we rewind a little bit there Trapeza I was in that second group like I wasn't in the first group the oh, yeah? second group but it went split yeah someone couldn't hold the wheel in descent I don't know who it was but anyway someone lost the wheel caused a massive split in the bunch and then I was kind of like oh it's not ideal obviously and the other thing was I really need to go to the toilet like 
before Chapressa, and I was like, I just need to hold on to it now and just get over Chapressa, and then then I can go. Then obviously like that messed my plans up a little bit because I was in a chasing group then. But anyway, I still went. Um, just started. Hey, you went to the toilet still. Yeah, well, off the bike. I could start at the front of the group, and then by the time uh, I was yeah. finished, I was at the back of the group. But, but in, anyway, the sec- like, in the second group, like you're in the second group. Yeah, I, I really, like I was. I really need to go. I don't know what it was that race. Like I was going to the toilet like ten times. I think over the, the whole day. Don't know why. Just nerves, maybe. I was drinking uh-huh. too much. I don't know. Anyway, I had to go a lot, and I had to go in the final of the race. It's probably good to like get rid of some fluid before the the podio anyway. So I'm not carrying a you know, bladder full of wee. Um, but uh, yeah, I was pretty relaxed there because I knew like it should come back together. I had a few teammates with me there. I had a few teammates with me there. A few teammates in the front. Um, and I was always going to be like guys in my group that want to be at the front as well. So uh, I didn't have to do any turns. I just sat on and yeah, my teammates got me back to the to the front group and then then we were like 4k from the the Poggio so then we pretty quickly had to get back to the front of the bunch and then kind of start our lead into the into the Poggio but I really like told the guys that well they really told the guys I had Jasper with me and I told him because he kind of he wanted to get over the the Poggio as well and I said like yeah in an ideal scenario like you'll be able to get over and, and you'll be there to help me in the end but I said, like, it's way more important that I use you going to the Poggio. Um, and if you really need to go, like, full gas and use all your energy there, then that's that's what's going to have to happen. Because if you start the Poggio too far back, then basically your race is over. Especially for me, it's like, they're already going so fast. So if I have to do, use the effort to move up the bunch on the climb, then, you know, I use, yeah, I go way too far into the red and I won't recover from that. So... It was really important that I started in good position and yeah, they put me in a, in a great position beforehand. And were you feeling good or after that kind of effort of you had to get back on, you had to go so like you're going so hot on that on that flat section in, in the run into the climb. And you've got two hundred and eighty Ks in your legs. Two hundred and eighty K plus yeah. in your legs. Like are you a bit buckled when you hit the bottom? Like we three hundred is ten K neutral in San Remo. If the three hundred K race wasn't enough. <laughs> um but yeah no yeah of, of, of course i think you're doing like you know like four five hundred watts coming into the climb so it's mm. definitely not easy and it's like a slight rise uphill and then like fast kind of like a couple of percent downhill so it is a really fast hard running and obviously like everyone has the same idea as us so you can imagine like a whole bunch trying to get in there first how hard hard it is and i mean i think like i didn't have my heart rate or my power on in the race but in the past when I've looked at it, I've started like even to press, I've started, started the climb at 200 heart rate. Like my heart rate's already that high before the climb even starts. So I think like, and not many people realize how, how hard the running is because you've got guys that like their race is finished yet. So they're just committing full gas. It's like doing a proper lead out. And then you have to then climb up five or six minutes, full gas as well. Um, but yeah, I felt really good. So that was a bonus. Don't you, don't you run a power meter anymore? No, I usually do, but I just like needed all the help I could get to get out of the climb. It's like Literally. a bike, a bike line as possible. Yeah, 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 nice. And so, so any any else, any else were riding pretty hard. Um, was that a good thing? Like that played that play to you? Yeah, because they rode like 
a good tempo where I felt like obviously it was really hard, but like I wasn't like really in the red. So they wrote a tempo where people would like think twice about attacking. That's why you never saw any attacks um, until like that kind of kilometer to go. Um, so yeah, I think it really kind of played into my favor. The only, the only part that I thought like maybe I was too far near the front was on the flat section when I was second wheel behind Van Baal. I thought, like, there you're going, like, around 40 or 45 kilometers an hour, I think. So I was taking a fair bit of wind. Um, but, yeah, in the end, I think it's just much better to, to be forward like, out of, uh, yeah, out of, like, the fighting behind and you get much more of, like, a relaxed ride, even if you're maybe pushing a few more lots. Mm. And when Alaphilippe went, that kind of first move, were you like, yep, I can, I, I can follow this. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm in the zone. This is, this is going real well. So, yeah, I didn't like react immediately because he came past so quick. I was like, oh God. I was like pumping myself up, like, all right, I'm, re- uh, I'm ready for these attacks now. And he just came like flying past. And I was like, oh shit. But like a few guys like started like jumping as well. And then by the time a few guys jumped, I jumped as well. And then I felt quite good. Like it was, when I say I felt good, like it was full gas. And I was full gas, but I just. Generally, I wouldn't be out of polo. So in that case, yeah, I felt good. Mm. Was there a point there where you almost attacked? Yeah, so I was going to attack. Not like a, not like a big attack, but just like... What, what were you like thinking? kind of propped. I don't know, just <laughs> good opportunity. They kind of like propped and like no one was doing anything. So I was like, oh, I'll just do like a semi-attack. And then it's going to stop like big launches coming from behind. Um, I still felt pretty good and... Just thought like oh, why not but then van art had the same idea i think because like as soon as like i was accelerating he started and in the end like it worked perfectly so i just like jumped straight on his wheel and he basically went from from that point to the top full gas so i'd already like, kind of like accelerated and just jumped on his wheel so yeah it worked out perfectly it would have been a um, a good alpha move like the fastest man in the race just whacking the whacking the climbers over the top of the podio so look out, yeah. boys. Would it, be, it would have been nice to crest in the first place, but might never ever get that opportunity again, so I should have just done it. Anyway. It's, uh, and, then, and then so obviously you hit, like, what are you thinking at the top of the climb? Like, we, um, do you get, like, I was so nervous. Yeah, I was pretty nervous. But I just think, like, all right, because it's like, now it's not like, you know, in the past, if you go over the, top with like 10 guys or something you're like all right none of these guys will be out of sprint but then you got those guys like bernard and vanderpool you're like they can still probably beat me in sprint especially after a hard race like this so i wasn't like 100 percent confident that i'd be able to beat them but you know i knew like i felt really good like i i know in the past how it felt going over the poggio um and i knew this time i felt much better so i was always like able to follow the moves and everything and all the accelerations on the bottom um so i knew i was good i just what i was nervous about happening was what ended up happening um so i knew there was going to be guys in the group that obviously didn't back themselves against um you know Bernard or vanderpool or me maybe and so i knew there was going to be guys attacking and there's always like a moment of hesitation when we all look at each other and when there's only 2k left of the race to go when you hesitate like that then you know if they get five or ten second gap it's kind of all over so um yeah that's what happened yeah was is the downhill 
scary, super hot, or well, like you, you obviously had good posse the whole way down, like third or fourth wheel. But I think uh, when like Peacock gave it a bit of a squirt, like is that wildly quick? Yeah, he was going pretty quick. Was he like attacked? So he was just like going full gas. Um, but well, I mean, it wasn't scary. It's just yeah, you know, you're going quick and done the descent before. It's more scary when you don't know the descents and you're really flying down them, but. I know the descent pretty well now, so no, it wasn't too scary. Jasper went first. What was going on? Like, she just runs through that last kind of, that, that, that 3K to go mark. Um, well, play yeah, by like, play we're, from co- we're coming down. So basically, like, we're coming down the hill. We got to the bottom and we all propped, like, no one was away. We were, like, kind of looking at each other. And he came with, like, a fair bit of speed from the back and just got that jump on us. Um, everyone kind of, like, looked at each other. But he was like, he was flying. Um, so he's got that big gap at the bottom. And then, uh, and then there's like a few other moves to bridge across to him. And I just knew like, all right, if I'm going to win this race, these guys with me are much stronger than me. So I can't be doing the chasing because I know like I've got like maybe one good sprint left in me. So I wasn't going to really, I had to like just wait and like hope that someone was going to bring it back. No one there really had teammates. Bora had like Sargon and Shackman, so I don't know why Shackman didn't bring it back. But other than that, like no one had teammates to bring it back. Um, so I was kind of like waiting. I was on Ben Art too, because I thought he would probably be the strongest in the sprints. And he was covering quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the end, there wasn't like any cooperation from the guys behind which is pretty normal in a situation like that. Everyone's kind of like saving themselves for the sprints. Um, and I guess guys were waiting as well. Like if we brought Yasper back that, you know, someone else would end up going. Um, so I just like, all I could do was like, I knew like, all right, if I'm going to win this race, I just have to like wait here and then try to do the sprints as best as I can. And that's what I did. But yeah, Yasper was too strong and just stayed away. Yeah. He timed it. Um, well, perfectly with Crow Anderson coming over the top, like it was. Yeah, I, I I timed my sprints and everything perfectly, but he was just too far in front. Yeah, yeah. Like there was yeah. nothing like there was nothing more I could do. I think in in the race, like I raced it. Like if I if I had to go back and do it again, I probably raced it the same way because I know that that's my only chance to win is save myself for the sprints and be able to do a good sprint. Did, there was that point there at about, uh, I don't know, maybe between like two and one K to go, say one and a half, where it was like you were back together. It was almost back together. They were just there. Yeah. But see, the thing is like Van Art, he was probably the one most people were looking at. Like he was the guy that won it the year before. And, you know, he's probably, uh, probably the strongest there. So I don't know. We were all like looking at him to hopefully bring it back, but. Yeah, I mean, in the end, I think he was also waiting because he did he he didn't want to he didn't want to use all his energy up either because yeah then he would be out of sprint in the end. Like I said, like if anyone in that in that front group, like Vanderpool or Van Art or you know, any of those guys, or me for example, like if if we if any of us had teammates there, it's a completely different scenario. But it's kind of like junior racing when you don't have teammates and like everyone kind of look, looks at each other. No one wants to do too much more than the others. And, but that's all happening in like the last two kilometers of the race. So 
as long as there's that little bit of hesitation, then it's easy for a guy to stay away. Yeah. Yeah. Be still happy you made that call to use your teammates heading into the pod, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm happy I use Yasser because that's, that was his job. But, um, you know, our team went into the race, the seven guys in the, in the team, our team went into the race with four leaders. Um, and we always kind of said, like, we're talking about scenarios and it's always like, all right, if one of the leaders don't make it over, it's going to be me. And then we said, like, all right, if I make it over, then at least, like, Tim or Phil or something's going to get over. Um, so I was surprised that, that none of the other guys were there um, because, yeah, in theory, I'm the, I'm the weakest out of the, the four of them. So when you look at it like that, you know, we only had three domestics. I had one guy to pull. One guy was with Phil. I had one guy to help me into Chipresa, which was Roger. And then one guy to help me into Poggio, which was, which was the Asper. And then we said, all right, if there's more, more than one of us at the top, or if I'm still in the group at the top with like Phil, for example, or Tim or John, then they would help me in the end. But yeah, in the end, I was uh, yeah, just by myself. And it was the same scenario for, I think, all the guys like, all the guys only uh, no one really had any teammates there ah were they on shockers i don't know i don't know to be honest because yeah in in general like, like in general those guys are much stronger than me on a climb like that so what's next for you what's coming up what's next for me i'm having a break now um and then i think my next race will be valencia and then the Giro, then the Tour and the Volta. So, oh yeah, you're gonna go. You're gonna go all the way through, like the Giro. We go to the end. Uh, no, 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 I don't plan on it. Yeah, but we'll see. I think I just do like because like my goal is to win the stage in all three. So, um, as long as I try, to, as long as I can win a stage in the Giro, then I'm happy. And then hopefully I win the stage in the Tour. And then hope, yeah. If I've won a stage in both by then, then I will um I will go for the welter as well. Mm. Are they uh, are they taking you to the tour as the sole leader or a, a dual kind of approach like Milan San Remo? Oh, nah, they'll take some of the other their other good guys as well. But I mean, I think like the last few years, I'd say like I'm a sole leader, but you know, the other guys get their chances, like the Gents and Wellens and everything, you know, they get their chances in the break. So I'm, I'm happy. Like I prefer it when it's like that because those guys also can help me um, in the sprint stages. But yeah, it's nice for them to get their chances as well. And, you know, if one of them wins a stage, it also takes pressure off me. So I like that, you know, if we have guys and, you know, that we have a few different options in the race instead of just like one, one option. So that's, yeah. that's a lot of pressure on me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you must be running off a uh, super high, even though I didn't quite get the, the A result that you're after. Um, like the condition must be in super nick. So look out, Grand Tours. Thanks it's all going for... to race now because I'm not bloody not racing anymore. <laughs> I was watching the partner the other, yesterday. And I was like, oh, maybe it would have been, been good there. to go there. Just kind of, I feel like it's kind of a waste of form. But then when I like look at what's coming ahead, if I do all the three grand tours, then it's going to be, it's going to be plenty for the year. So yeah, 
I just need to take my rest now, relax. And then once I start again, it's going to be full gas till the end of the season. So, yeah. Do you, do you worry about like maintaining it, like keeping it that level? No, I think that's one thing I do well is like hold it. But that's, I think I do it, do it well because I have like good breaks during the season. Like I'm good at like bringing my form up and bringing it back down and bring it up because I think like I'm expected to win from the start of the season to the very end of the season. And you can't just like maintain like a flat line the whole way. You have to peak mm. for different things. So, you know, like now, for example, I've got like the Giro and Tour World coming up. So I'll have to be able to manage that really well that I recover enough after, say, the Giro, for example, but then like bring it back up that I'm in really good form again for the, the Tour. And then I'll have to do the same after the Tour to, to go to the Volta as well because you can't go to any of these races now at like 85%. You have to be at 100% to, to win. So, um, you know, it's always hard to hard to manage, but. We'll see. Is it is it normal now having just one last question? Is it normal now having the cross boys at the front of the race? Yeah, I think I'm going to start cycling cross. Yeah, seems seems to work well. I spoke to Van for. I said to him, I might start cycling cross because you guys are so good, and he said, Yeah, I'll teach you how to do it. So, might take him up on that. Is he a world champion? Is Vanderpol cool as? Like, has he got heaps of swagger? Oh, he's a nice guy. I mean, he's like quite down to earth, uh, you know, how good he is. So, um, but I've known him since like when Brad and I went to, to Holland as under 19s, it was kind of like Brad and I and him always racing each other and we would always have to like, like work together to, to try to beat him because he was already good back then. So, um, I've known him, known him for a long time. Oh, I think he's like a year younger than me, so, yeah. but we were like junior at the same time. So I've known him for a while, but, um, yeah. Was he, was he off chops back then? Yeah, he was really good. I remember people saying like, he was going to be super good, um, as a, as a pro. Cause they said that he like, he didn't train back then and he was already really good. So <laughs> like, like what's this guy, once he starts training, he's going to be really good. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. If he's not training already, then he is going to be really good. Was Van Art there as well? No, because he was racing in Belgium. I was racing yeah, in Holland. Okay. Yeah. The different, uh, yeah, different races, I think. I don't Fair know enough. if I raced Bernard actually as a, as a junior. I can't remember. Super. All right. Enjoy, enjoy your break. Cool. Thank you. And, um, and uh, talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, mate.